This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport fan network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a Premier League lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is... You in? You Reds? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards, points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The Samsung Neo QLED 8K TV featuring incredible color volume with 8K AI upscaling powered by 20 neural networks on an impossibly slim screen is the kind of TV that's so visually astounding, so unfathomably well designed, it has to be seen to be believed. Don't believe me? Well, okay then. Radio has its limits. Samsung Neo QLED 8K. Unreasonably good. Yeah. I think we're recording. Yeah. Good afternoon, everybody. This is the Reds Report. It could be morning. It could be. Uh, it could be the evening. Uh, it could be even early morning. It could be late evening. It could be the middle of the night. Who knows when you're watching this in the land of YouTube? Uh, we're here again. Another week's gone by. Somewhere it's, it's disappeared into the abyss. On the show today, we have my friend, my Dutch friend, uh, Carl van der Water. How we doing? All right. I'm. I'm sleepy. <laughs> what day is it, Chris? Just help me out. I think it's Friday. Oh, that's good. Uh, I, w- I didn't sleep very well last night, uh, and then I got up early today. I've been helping a friend with some some plastering because um, I'm nice like that. What a workout that is! But it shattered me out. I've just nodded off on the sofa and realised that Rory <laughs> Fallon was texting me saying, <laughs> saying "Where am I? <laughs> yeah, what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Carl? Have you been up to much? Uh, work, work, work. Uh, more work." I'm off now, that's it. And obviously, I've got a long weekend, haven't I? Because it's a blank holiday Monday, so... How are the, how are the shoulders, Carlo, from carrying Barnsley on them? Um, yeah, they're hurting. <laughs> also on, My boss watches this. <laughs> also on the show, we have, once again, an absolute pleasure, Rory Fallon. How are you, Rory? Good, thanks for having me again. No problem, how's your week been? You been all right? Yeah, it's been good. Just uh, loads of training and just um, catching up on like work and stuff that you don't you, usually get to do. When you say training, you mean personal training? So personal training. Yeah, I have a lad that's living with me at the moment. His he's from New Zealand. Uh, his dad sent him over, and pretty much I'm coaching him for six months. Pretty much coaching him every day, and then um, uh, we're going to send him back over to America. So he's got a, he's got an American scholarship for football. 
Wow. Um, so, yeah, just putting them through his paces, really. That's good. Yeah, he's got a good coach. How old is he, Rory? He's uh, 21 now. What? All right. Prime age. Prime age. So <laughs> you what? He's a prime age for that badge now, 21. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Is, it, so, is uh, he a striker, Rory, just like yourself? Yeah, or? He's, he's number nine. So, uh, so, yeah, just showing him all the techniques and stuff like that. But it takes a lot longer for for a target man. It takes longer to develop, so he's got a bit of time on his hands. You know, he's got he's got time to develop into that. Uh, just for some reason, goalkeepers and uh, <clears throat> number nines uh, just seem to take longer to develop. Really, that's interesting. Yeah, it's just cause, because the way the way they play, you're facing you're facing um, you're not facing play. Well, keepers obviously just take they they seem to get better with age. Yes, and so. So then, so did number nines because it just you're playing it. You, you know, your your backs to play. Yeah. What happens so you to John never Parkin? See behind you. What happens to John Parkin then? Because he never really got any better, did he? He was, he was <laughs> good, John. I thought he was really good, good mate. I spoke to him on uh, on Monday about. Yeah, I had, a, I had a call with him on Monday. He came on to our question of sport that I do oh, uh, yeah. with, with my friends and. Uh, he was really funny, <laughs> really funny. Some great stories, funny man. He's, he's, got, he's an absolute character, that kid. Yeah, I, I keep. I, I messaged him earlier. He's been struggling with his internet. I'm going to try and get him on to today's episode, but we'll have to we'll have to do that one another time, Rory. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Um, on a serious note, then, Rory. I mean, you talked about obviously this young lad that that's going to America. Um, football in a bit of a conundrum, I suppose you can say at the moment. There seems to be a consensus that League One and Two in the, in, in England have sort of said this is it. You know, we can't really well afford to, to play anything. That season's gone. Um, Premier League and Championship uh, teams have met up again for the testing and everything that's been uh, that's been happening, and and lots of different opinions are coming out over um, what are we going to do with the rest of the season. Um, yeah. I'm not going to put you on the walk about, but as a player, do you think after having 12 weeks off, looking at the Barnsley players, is it something you can get back into? Or after such a long period and, and self-isolating and not training? Or how, how, how would you view that? For one, you should never go out of fitness as a professional footballer. True, yeah. That's, yeah. That, I'm a coach. I'm training, I'm training twice a day because obviously there's loads of time. We've got so much time in the day. There's no excuses not to train. So that's one that is definitely not. You should be going back and fit. Yeah. You shouldn't. You shouldn't have to. You should be self-sufficient. You should be ready to go. You know. Uh, so if they they would only need probably a week or so just to get up to speed in training. Yeah. That's if they've looked after themselves, eaten the right things, all that type of stuff. It's 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 complete focus. You know. And there's obviously the ones that that come in that aren't up to scratch they just don't play yeah. they've got to they've got to go into a pre-season what's um, your um, what's your fitness twice a week been looking at looking like then Rory what have you been up to is it a lot of cycling uh, lots of running or is it home workout in the gym stuff like that so, so every day it's gym it's like uh, strength work uh, and then I'll do technique work with uh, with the, uh, with David so we'll work on football but a lot of that would be um There'll be fitness involved in that kind of stuff, uh, so it's a mixture, really. But it's it's one of them things where there's a, there are no excuses as a professional footballer. You're you're getting paid a lot of well, especially the Premier League lads are still getting paid. Yeah, yeah. So 
they, to ha- to have football is not training that is unheard of. You know, you can't you just can't do it. Is it a you different need... type of fitness? Because I mean, when I've not played, it's a, it's a different ball game and type. But when I've not played for six, seven, eight weeks before I go back, obviously I'm nowhere near as fit. Uh, but I still feel like there's some rust that needs knocking off. Yeah, there's obviously there's there's training fitness uh, and then there's match fitness. So obviously a lot of the players coming back, the match fitness won't be there because it's just you can't uh, you can't train for that. The only way you get match fitness is by playing matches. So that's the only way that, you know, that's the only thing that would probably be down. But with running fitness, strength fitness, it should be up. Yeah. In fact, they should be yeah. stronger. They should be a lot stronger. And if they've looked after themselves with the food and stuff, uh, I can't see why they would put on weight as well. Um, yeah. and, and, and then, of course, as well as a player. So the fitness should be there because, I mean, it, it's right, isn't it? Initially, everybody had that hour exercise, although I know a lot of the players will have a garden big enough to be able to exercise in there as well. Um, then we have the whole conundrum of, do we play, well, it looks like something behind closed doors. And how, as, as a professional, have you ever played any games sort of behind closed doors with no fans? And, and what is the difference? Because there's one camp that says, for Barnsley, for instance, well, pressure's off, isn't it? Maybe that's really positive. Yeah. But then on the other side, I think football has always come out saying you're the 12th man. And then I think, Andrew, go on. Football without fans is no football. Yeah. Like you just, you can't, it's just, it's, it's not the same. But yeah. for this, uh, for what's going on at the moment, that it, it just has to be. Because obviously the, you know, with COVID-19 and all the things that are, are popping, not, uh, popping around that, you can't have the fans in there, but it's just, I, I, I almost feel like we need to maybe just have a month of football and just wait till the very end. Maybe say like, what would be the end of the season? Usually end of May, isn't it? Is the end of the season. And then, yeah. This is normally the weekend for the playoffs. Yeah, it was a playoff weekend. You might even need just a month of all, you get all the games in a month. It's not unheard of, you know, tournament football, you're playing two games, three games yeah. in a week. Yeah. Um, it can be done. It has been done before. Um, obviously, without the fans, it's not great because it's just the, the atmosphere is not there. But in Germany, they've done it. Um, but there was one time we, I have, I, going back to your question, I have played behind closed doors and it is horrific. It is like, but it's just got to be done. There was one time where we were supposed to play a closed-door game, New Zealand versus Chile, and uh, Chile ended up bringing up, like, 20,000 fans. Yeah. <laughs> and there was, like, you know, cameras everywhere. It was, all, it was live in Chile. <laughs> so there was supposed to be no cameras, no cameras, uh, no fans, just uh, to work on our teams. The place was packed. It was, it was jumping. Flares going off. <laughs> <laughs> that's going to be our version that Chris we'll, we'll get all the listeners and our Twitter followers we'll get them all and we'll stand behind that club yeah. <laughs> goodness does it show it has an effect on adrenaline and ability to rally yourself up for the game yeah for, for a player like me I, I, the more fans the better I play I always felt like that the, the, the higher the stakes the more pressure the more fans I always felt like I got a, the best out of myself yeah. And then say I'd play in reserve games, I'd be horrific. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because I mean, it's the kids... just the, the adrenaline and the just the you know the 
it's just it's just not the same. It's not the no. same game. The, the, the kicks and the the hurts and the injuries yeah, don't, don't hurt bad. half as no. much. So you don't feel it at all. I yeah. play a Sunday on a Sunday morning in front of like forty people, but and you feel enough. every kick. No, no, no. We're fine. <laughs> we're fine. It does, that's enough for me, Rory. That's perfect. Yeah, that's I'm playing Forty friends that want to win the game, you know, want us to win yeah. the game, and then I play on a Monday night in front of nobody, and uh, it, it, even yeah. just that difference of forty people, so I can't imagine what it's like playing in front of tens yeah, of thousands and then playing no, in front right, of right. nobody. hundred percent, that's right. But um, the only thing I'd say, I would be ha- for me, I'd be happy because um, obviously Plymouth Argyle would go up. Yeah. Yes. You know, we 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 would go automatic. We would jump over. Because uh, Exeter's ahead of us, but we would jump over them with what the, the stats they're doing, and Exeter would end up being in the playoffs. Yeah. But my only problem—I don't mind all the the promotions. My only problem is the um, the relegations, right? Because it's they have the relegation teams have a chance to get out of their predicament, mm. and that's the only thing that I would say I'm not—I don't like that rule. Yeah, I've, just, we, we just that fact. Yeah. If Barnsley, if Bar- say Barnsley, when the re- were going down, and they have eight games, ten games, whatever, to save themselves, you'd give your, you would back yourself to try and get out of that yeah. in ten games or and nine we, games. We, we, we times. Th- sorry, Carl. Yeah, we just numerous- didn't we oh, before the, before the interview. Um, if you look at, uh, if you look at a, a weighted point system, um, the first fourteen games when we had the previous manager a win and a draw. That's all we got. The new guys come in. So if you take it on since he's come in, we'd probably yeah. need to climb out if you include all the games. But a few years ago, Leeds, Leeds were in front by, I think, five points. They ended up going to the playoffs and not making it. So a lot can happen in nine games, isn't it? And Massive. And I think the drop from the championship into League One, and that's no, 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 no disrespect to any team or anything, but the, the, the loss in revenue money... Massive. I think there is a real danger of League Two and League One clubs struggling to even be, be yeah. in business next season. It's a game changer because everyone's, everyone's, um, you know, everyone's prepped and everyone's ready for those nine games. All of a sudden, the rug's being taken from under you, and you're you're preparing your mind for a relegation battle. Nine games, yep, you fancy it. Any, I think any team that's not too far away from the drop zone would fancy themselves to get out of that with nine games or however games left. I mean, the way that Barnsley have played under Gerhard Struber, we've gone on two good runs where we've put a spurt of, of good results together, where we've won three in a row, picked up a few draws out. We've done that twice. Yeah. There were, they were like seven, six and seven game spurts. If we put a spurt on, we could, we'd be out. Yeah. Do you, know you, could, I mean? you could go on a run. The other teams could like start uh, falling by the wayside. There's so much that goes off in those nine games. The pressure... That can sometimes, you know, the most experienced team would get out of that. Yeah. Because, and the team that's in the, on a roll, like especially our Plymouth team, we were on a roll. We were flying. I, I almost felt like we were going to kick on like, even further. Yeah. Uh, obviously, we're in a good spot because we're near the top. But I just feel for those teams near the bottom that if, if they're affected by it, it could potentially finish teams off. Yeah. I mean, you look at Hull City in Championship, they would effectively stay up by, uh, by benefiting from players that they had previously to January, right? But yeah. they sold they sold two of the best players, and they've absolutely pummeled like a stone. Couldn't buy them. It's a different squad. Hundred percent. 
hundred percent. You even if you even look at Liverpool. Liverpool were the last few games they lost. Yeah. Like I'm, yeah. I'm, yeah, everyone's saying yeah they're they're, they're going to win, but uh, you just just don't know. Football is one of the funniest games you can imagine, and mad things happen, crazy things happen. And yeah. without knowing those games and those results, you can't honestly say they're going to win the league. Well, we go back to 2016 when Barnsley were at bottom at Christmas and with nine games to go, I think we were in 11th, 11th place or something like that. At the end, we went up through the playoffs and we won at Wembley and we were promoted. So I think there, there, is, there is no right formula to no. try and work out what would have happened because it, I, it, hence my stance and everybody's on their own. To me, you either you, you, you play the season and you play all the games or, or you don't. But I think it's very harsh on, on, and of course I would say there's a Barnsley fan, for a mathematician to sit there thinking, we'll use this algorithm and this is what would have happened. Because, like you say, you can't, can you? That's a very very educated phone you've got there, Carl. Have you just been... Yeah. (laughs) 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 So, Rory, last week we were talking about all sorts and all different parts of your career. Uh, I'm sure that we could do 20 podcasts and still not cover every inch. It's been very storied. Uh, a few things that stuck out in my mind, we never really talked about the World Cup as a whole. We talked yeah. about you getting the team there and never really experienced the bin there. I mean, I'm not sure when the next time is we'll have a player on the uh, Reds report that's represented his team in a World Cup. Um, so, I mean, what, what was that like, going there with your nation? Well, the first thing is, obviously, my dad, took the first team to the World Cup in 82. Uh, and then we've had to wait, well, it's 27 years. So 30 years of waiting. The whole country is pretty much, you know, they've washed their hands with it and just thought, well, even me, like I never, ever thought in a million years that I'd play in a World Cup. Yeah. But, but, obvious, but the, the two things that I always wanted to do was be a pro in England and play in a World Cup. Obviously, I thought the World Cup thing was just, just the impossible dream. But I knew that, Eventually, if I worked hard, I'd play in England and I, you know, I did all that. But to have that opportunity to play in a World Cup was just, when people ask, what was it like? I just, you cannot, you can't compare it to anything. It's because it's one of them things, it's, it's your Everest. It's like someone that wants to be a climber and they hit the peak of Everest. It's, you can't explain it until you actually go through it. But yeah. when the, the, you know, when I look back at it, I just think when I was in that tunnel for Slovakia, so, you know, when we're walking out and you're hearing the music, I'm just thinking, wow. I was yeah. like, I used to watch these. Like, I would get up and I would be watching these. I remember the last World Cup was 1990 that I remembered. Right. So that was my last World Cup um, that I actually remembered watching. And from then on, it was just like I watched everyone and we got spoiled for World Cups, didn't we? we you know, leading up to all them. Yeah, yeah. And it was just like, man, I'm instead of me watching on TV, I'm actually in it. Yeah. I was just like, my my head was spinning a bit because I, when I was <laughs> when I was walking out, I was just like, <laughs> yeah, I yeah, was yeah. proper proper fanboy because I I love watching World Cups. Like it's my it's my thing. So when I was just walking out, my head was spinning a bit. Really, I was I was got to be honest. I was just I was in a daze. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You mentioned, uh, I need to take this opportunity while I can. You mentioned remembering the 1990 World Cup was your first international tournament you can remember. Mine was Euro 1996, which funny yeah, enough, you show it. That was a great tournament. 
they've been showing repeats on TV. Uh, I don't know if you've noticed, yeah. uh, Rory. Oh, I, I, I watched the repeat last week, Rory, of uh, Holland versus England, funny enough. I know, have you done? Uh, <laughs> Teddy Sheringham absolutely ripped Holland to pieces. <laughs> yeah, it was quality. Who's oh. laughing? Who's laughing now? <laughs> me, just me. I just, I just, well, did you watch that, Carl? Did you get round to... Uh, no, I, I mean, my first sort of proper memory of, of football, tournament football, for me was the 1988 European Championship when Holland Yeah, yeah. That's the only and thing Holland won. Because Holland's always... Van Basten. Van Basten goal. Yes. The header. What a finish. Yeah. And I think Holland is sort of like very hot and cold on the football stage. You know, we had a couple of World Cups where we did really well. We got to the final. Or they start arguing amongst themselves and they leave in the group stages or they don't even qualify. Because Holland's yeah. always had brilliant individuals, but not much of a team. Because during the heydays, every single player was the star player at whatever club they were at. And then you yeah. brought them together and the Eagles in the dressing room. So 1988, yeah, that was, that was for it's me. It's funny that you remember that, uh, Carl. You remember that tournament first. Isn't that weird that you remember that one? Yeah, when they won it. Yeah, 1988 were a great year as well, Carl, because your uh, podcast partner were born. Was it? <laughs> yeah. Wow. That shows it, doesn't it? I got arrested by Dutch police at 16 because I was slightly <laughs> intoxicated and in charge of a bicycle <laughs> and they told me to walk it home. <laughs> Just bring it back, bring it back then to, to current times, uh, Rory. Do you think that if the leagues are to be played in upcoming weeks, upcoming months, it's going to have a little bit of a feel of a World Cup or a Euros about it because obviously normal life don't really exist when you when you go out and travel out yeah. of New Zealand you're in that bubble aren't you you're not out yeah. shopping you're not out doing anything you're kind of all in a hotel together and do you think it's going to be similar to that I mean how I did you cope in that environment I think the problem is logistics as well because if you say you have a, t a game at Barnsley everyone's going to congregate around the Barnsley Stadium yeah so it's almost they have to change they have to change venues as well. So it's going to be a like a log logistical nightmare. But I, I honestly think they should turn and just turn, like turn it nine games or however game many games and just turn turn into tournament football and just bang the games out as quick as possible. Yeah. Um, and then obviously you know you might have a you might go into the new season you might have to get rid of the league cup or something you know all the extra games in the new season obviously keep your FA Cup and your and your league games but there might have to be cups where you might have to just LDV or whatever that's called well, now. Le leasing um, trophy I was about to say the leasing yeah, trophy yeah that those those trophies I think you'd have to put them on the back burner I mean that's not been worth winning since it were a paint trophy car in 2016 we might as well just leave it with us might the team that did the double league <laughs> that year wasn't it yeah we did yeah we did yeah, I know. What yeah, you mean. I think and those. I, I think those trophies. I think you have to play FA Cup because the tradition of it is just such a massive. It's one of the oldest traditions of English football. Um, but I think the other cups. I think you need to just let them go. I even think like stuff like Champions League. You you know, it's for me. I I want to see the champions play in the Champions League. Yeah, like yeah. they used to do. Like just the champions, no seconds and stuff like that. No qualifiers, just straight. Champions play in the Champions League. Yeah, it might have to be that next season, might it? And really? just lessen the games because the game there's too many games. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, they'd lose revenue, but it's like I just think it'd be more exciting if you just had the that just had the champions in there. Yeah, and and this is the worrying point from or mine, Chris's football fans in general. I suppose is we need to get over this hurdle of how do we finish the season? What's going to happen? Once that decision's been made, 
my mind's already gone. I said to Chris earlier, I very much doubt that before December, we'll be able to sit with 12, 13,000 fans in the stadium to watch a team. No. And, and that in itself, oh, that's, it. that's going to change the face of football. Some, you know, some might say on a Tuesday night when you play, I don't know, some team, um, you know, we've had a bad we? Um, who do you play? can't remember. On a Tuesday night, you could do social distancing in a Barnsley Stadium when only 3,000 yeah. people turn up. That yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it, it's going to change the face of football, isn't it? And, and people ultimately will lose their job. Maybe not players, but clubs will have a lot less income because... People are not there. They're not, you know, buying the pint, buying the pie, buying a programme and everything else. Yeah. And it's going to have an impact for the next three, four years, isn't it? At least. I think so. It's going to be, it's going to be quite difficult. But, you know, also hoping that there's a, um, you know, we get, you know, a, we just, a breakthrough. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And, and a, I think everyone's hoping for a breakthrough. To, so we can get on with life, but if there's no breakthrough, yeah, it could be, it could take a while. But obviously, all the businesses are starting to um, change the way they work as well. Yeah, yeah. you know, when, when you're lining up, you line up with two yards behind you. It might have to be a case where, um, if you do have stuff like that, that everything's um, done according to to the rules. So I'd, no I'd be more than happy. I'd be more than happy to sit on alternate seats. Oh well, the if, problem is if, the players. Needed. Yeah. That's yes. the problem is the players because you know you got for a head or you're marking someone. That's yeah. the, that's the problem. Well, it's it's the Troy Deedy saying I can't go for a haircut, but I can tussle for a header in the area with seven eight other yeah. players. What, what what where is the reasoning in that? And of and course, then, I don't want to catch something. And take it home to a family and people with you know with young children or you know yourself. So there's a lot. One. It's not just about the games, isn't it? It is about the safety ultimately of everybody involved yeah. in that game. Primarily, there is club staff and players, officials before they even can think of the fans, isn't it? Hundred percent. And it's how can you get around the actual playing aspect of it? You can't. No. And it can't really comes down to that because the fans. You can separate the fans. You can separate them when they're going for their pie or the bovril or whatever they're going for, but you can't separate players. Yep. So that's and for for me, it comes down to the it comes really down to your family. Do I want to put my family in jeopardy? And that's yeah. no, yeah. especially when you have a young yeah. family. Yeah. You don't want to do that. And I've got friends in America who are coaches. They don't want to go back coaching in America, mm. but the American system is like you're yeah. going back. Yeah. And there's no there's no two ways about it. You either work or you move on. Yeah. So what do you do? Um scary time. There was an idea floated about on social media that I saw yesterday and I thought, ooh, initially I thought, nah. And I thought, I wonder if at some point, at some point, they're gonna close uh games off for away supporters. So twelve thousand Barnsley fans can fill all four well, three stands in yeah. Barnsley. But you know what I mean? So yeah, supporters to be able to distance yeah. Maybe more, and maybe that's a way forward for. But yeah, um, but like this, they did with the block dolls in the stadium. Right? Did you see that recently? <laughs> with the block dolls. Oh <laughs> my goodness! <laughs> exactly like that. I tell you what, at the start of the season, we could have done with one of those at centre half. <laughs> <laughs> we might not be in this predicament that we're in now. Would have won more hitters. <laughs> <laughs> what, what about 
we, I mean, we're, we're using some philosophy and thoughts about, what about the youngins that you're involved with? What, what is their views? Because kids are innocent, aren't they? They're, they're often yeah. very, not cruel, but they're open and very honest. They're staying at home, maybe mum and dad are key workers, or maybe they're working from home. Their life's changed, are not going to school. Is football a really good thing? I've, I've seen you on your Facebook, you're doing your exercises, you're doing your Zoom, you've got your academy going. That's really important, I suppose, isn't it, for these, but my, 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 Youngest daughter sings with the Barnsley Youth Choir. They have Zoom rehearsals with 140 kids because yeah. it gives them something positive to think about. Football took take, takes on another role almost, doesn't it, for the young ones that, that you're coaching? 100% because you've got, you know, um, obviously I had a coach when I was younger and I felt like if I didn't have my dad, would I have been the player I am or would I have that, you know, longevity in the game? So I'm thinking, do you know, what can I do to help the kids to maybe keep, on top of their skills. So I thought, let's do a Facebook group. So at least they're keeping yeah. on top of their skills and the, you know, the, the focusing in and it gives them something to work towards. And they have kind of a, a, a digital coach, as you, as you would say. Yeah. Um, yeah. So keep them ticking over and, you know, keep them focused. Our other friends that come on the show quite often, uh, Jimmy Whitehead and, and Martin Devaney, they're doing the exact same with their, with their academy. They're keeping on top of it. And the cow, we've seen them. Yeah. Using and, and Zoom think, and stuff, which is really good. It is, and yeah. I think it's good for the skills. Undoubtedly, it's good for fitness because you see a lot of children with mental health problems and it goes to eating, sitting in, watching TV. So I think even for the mental health, having something to look forward to that day. Because yeah. at 12, 13, 14, what do you look forward to? Finishing school. Today's Friday. We're waiting till half three so I can go home and lake out with mates. And at least yeah, 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 you yeah. can just imagine these kids saying, I've got a class with Rory in half an hour. You know what I mean? Yeah, and yeah, yeah. I'm saying weird. with you, Carlo, I always look forward to podcasts with you all week. Yes. Uh, I always yes, think, oh, I see Carlo. Yeah, yeah. No, but if you have something to look forward to, it just makes you a little, that, you know, a little, bit, that, a little bit happier with what's going on because it's very uncertain times for everyone. Um, yeah. So if you can, you know, give back and try and help out some some people along the way, you know, even if you help one person, that you've done, you know, you've done your job. But I yeah. tend to do it. I tend to do it on Monday because obviously Mondays everyone has that psychological. It's Monday. Yeah. So do it on Mondays, and obviously Friday you're excited because it's coming up to the weekend. Obviously we don't have that type of working week at the moment, do we? We we're like, oh, it's Monday. I've got to work. It's like. We don't have to go to work at the moment, <laughs> yes. but it's, it's, it's psychological, I think. And it's, you know, it's good for, for people to look forward to something yeah. as small yeah. as that is. hundred percent. I, my, my daughter, my daughter's wife's in the Navy. So they live down in Portsmouth. So we brought in Tuesday night, half seven, a family quiz of WhatsApp. I sit in this room. Yeah. My son is in his bedroom there. My daughter in the bedroom there. My wife's downstairs. Yeah. In Portsmouth. I'm quick because it, it, Normal video calls are great, but it's like, yeah, oh, I'm worried about this, worried about that. Just talking about and having a laugh. And I think yeah, something yeah. to raise a laugh and do something. And it, it, it keeps your mind sort of, because it goes at the times, doesn't it? Yeah, it keeps your mind off what's going off. You know, recently I've stopped watching the news. Oh, yeah. yeah. Because for me, my head's spinning. So I've, I've, we've purposely taken off the news. We, we watch what we need to watch, you know, the important announcements and stuff, but then yeah. everything, like, turn it off because obviously, like, me me mentally, you, you can be affected by it. I, I have it, to you say. Know, it, it, you know, it's fair, it's, it's fair that's coming out of the lips of people. So you're, you're taking that in and you're, you're starting to breed it in your mind. It's very much like football. 
you have people constantly hammering you, hammering you, hammering you, and you take that stuff in. Yeah. That's why when I was a player, I never used to go on Twitter, uh, Instagram, and all that. I used to come off it because if you read that stuff, you start believing it. Yeah. I have to say, I feel extremely privileged. I work for a charity, and obviously I'm, I'm contracted to the youth defending team. Every day we get an, it's 135 staff. Every day we get an email from our director. Once a week we get a care package. I got a care package again today. It was a shoebox size, and yeah. it was um, a fidget spinner, a stress ball. Uh, yeah. We've got some little candles. Uh, what, else, what else was there? Oh, a pair of socks. And he sort of said, just relax. This will all blow over. We don't know when, but we're just happy you work for us. And it's those little sort of things that normally... Oh, was, that so was that on the socks, Carlo? Well, they don't fit me. because you know, <laughs> <laughs> But just, just something positive because you can get... Yeah. Bogged down yeah. watching the news, watching Piers Morgan on, on, on Good Morning Britain hammering this. And, and I get it. Yeah. There's a place for that. But when I that can't watch that stuff. No. When that's all you see, you become very negative yourself. And I yeah. think as, as adults, um, having my 16-year-old at, at home, she very much looks at me as how, how I handle it. And yeah. if I show that it's really bothering me, that's going to have an impact on her. So when it's bothering fancy a game of darts in the garden. Just put some yeah. music on. Let's just throw some. I'm shocking at it. Yeah. I thought I might be good being Dutch, but no. But it's just something to change, you know, your mindset. And I think that's what's needed. Definitely. As Carlos said, I'm, I'm also real lucky with employment and stuff. Some people are not so lucky either. Exactly. Uh, my, my employment's looked after me quite a lot. Some, some not. So um, you mentioned social media and stuff. Like that. What a tool to use Zoom, Facebook and Twitter. And just, just nice to keep in touch with people. It's funny because... Yeah, I had you on last week, Rory, and then I got a, I got some message off some friends who used to live over the, over the road from me, and they now live in Scotland, uh, and they've always been massive Aberdeen fans. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And they they were just like, oh, Rory Fallon, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, apparently, they they asked me to ask you about a ridiculously uh, ridiculously good goal that you scored uh, for, oh, for Aberdeen. To be fair, I scored quite a few good goals at Aberdeen, but probably, <laughs> they're probably talking about. Not to be but I got loads of good yeah, goals yeah, at Aberdeen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I won't be able to fit through the door soon. Go on, um, to talk us through some of them. But, but no, nah, but the, the main one's probably, the one they're talking about is the semi, uh, Scottish Cup semi-final when I scored the uh, volley. I think it was about maybe 20 to 30 yards out. Okay. Um, that's, what, that's the one they're talking about, I think. And what, what's the other one that you think is up there with that? Uh, so I scored, I always seem to score a lot against Motherwell and loads of volleys against them. So a right foot volley, a left foot volley, um, and also a goal against Kilmarnock when I um, lobbed the keeper with a volley. So there was, I scored quite a few volleys around that time. But um, it was, you are gone? No, go on, you're all right, carry on. But it was just, you know, just one of them things where everything seemed to, you know, you hit it and everything seems to go in, you know, it's just, so... Um, yeah, it was one of them times. Well, it's like good. a bit of a purple, purple patch strike, isn't it? That's what you need. Yeah, it's just sometimes you go through, you go for hellish, uh, barren spells, and you just, and then, but it's it's the mentality. It's like what we're saying, you know. You just keep away if you're feeling neg, if you're feeling not confident. The last thing you do is go on Twitter and read the fans. Mm. <laughs> read the fan comments. Yeah. <laughs> The problem is every single every single fan um, is almost like either a professional footballer themselves or they're a football manager wannabe. Why are they putting him here? Why are they putting him there? I've said so many times to people, but they say, why are they putting him here? And I'm like, this is a 90-minute match. They've trained for a week. 
I'm sure if you have, you need to have faith in somebody at some point. So just trust that he's chosen. And if if they've said about it, why is he playing there? And then they score three goals, suddenly they go really quiet, don't they? Yeah. And I think well, we're now in a stage where you can literally pick your phone up, you can aim a message at somebody and, and be extremely rude. Um, rules always mean for us, if you can't say it to all, you know, in, the, in front of the face, then don't say it on social media because it's a way of a cop-out, isn't it? Is that something that you, you have to talk about with your young sort of players as well? Because it's that sort of professional behaviour. And I suppose, you know, when kids go up to 11, 12, 13, they go to uh, secondary school, suddenly they all get a phone because mum wants them to be safe on the bus back home. Then social media starts creeping in. And it, yeah. it, it, it's a real divider almost, isn't it? it? It's good to have a phone, but it can do a lot of dam damage as well, can't it, to social media? Yeah, just going back to the first question about the fans, they have they pay to have that opinion. So for yeah. me, I never I never um, had a problem with that. But it's like obviously you as a player, you've got to take yourself away from it yeah. um, because obviously, what I found in my career, you got you get people that love you, you get people that hate you, and that's it. And you're gonna you're gonna get people that, and the usually the negative ones are gonna say something, and the ones that love you, you don't see those comments. Yeah. Well, I um, hated you. Sorry, I loved you to start with, Rory. Then I hated you for you a few years, and now I love you again. You're back loving me again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's like that. He's but, like that. But, but I, I sometimes go on, because I can, uh, it's a happier place for me now, Twitter, because I'm not playing anymore. You know, yes. those types of things, Facebook and all that, I can go on there now and just not worry about it. But I, I sometimes go on, like, say, Ronaldo page or Messi page, and you're getting people hammering them. And I'm thinking, yeah. I was just thinking, wow, if, if these people are actually hammering probably the two greatest players that have ever walked the earth, then I look at myself and think, what have I got to worry about? Yeah. Because you, um, you've got a Pele picture behind you, I can see. Yeah. You generally believe that Ronaldo and Messi top Pele. So I got Pele and Maradona next to him. But yeah. for me, Maradona is still number one. What, above Messi and Ronaldo? Yeah. They got to win a World Cup. Back yeah. in the day, you used to you used to go on World Cup wins, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. Pele was number one, obviously, because his three World Cups unprecedented, and then obviously Maradona with the '86 World Cup. You know, just I think yeah. in Argentina, people still love Messi and Maradona, but Maradona in their hearts is still number one because he brought them yeah. that World Cup. I, I'm a Ronaldo man, if I'm honest. I think what what Ronaldo's done. At club level, different clubs in different in different countries. He's been successful. And, and what I like about Ronaldo is whenever he plays for Portugal, he plays with I'm going to say some average players. However, they're playing for an international team, so they're not average, are they? But team, average, yeah. probably average at that level. Some of them, some of them play, you know, way below him his level at club level. But yeah, I always feel like they all raise the game with him. Yeah, I you know he dragged them to Euro wins, hasn't it? If, I didn't, yeah, they won it. Playing the Euro it. final, did he? But he yeah. dragged them there. I just think the belief of having him on the team just raises everybody. I, I agree with you. I think club level, they're the two greatest players ever walking the earth. I, no yeah. one's probably won as much. And, you know, do you know what I mean? They've been in the best teams club-wise, but I think World Cup-wise and country-wise, they're not the best. Yeah. And yeah. Messi had a chance to win the World Cup and they blew it. Yeah. Whereas I feel, yeah. I feel if Maradona played in that team, I think he would have galvanised them to that win. I, he, he's a lead. He's one of them team leaders, a captain that they'll just they believe. Well, look at jo Michael Jordan, exactly like that. Yeah, that documentary you know, is ridiculously good. That documentary is brilliant. 
Like, have you started so watching it, Carlo? Uh, no. <laughs> well, listen, you've got a bit of time, now, haven't you? Got a, you've got a you've bit got of time. Watch it. What... Unbelievable. That's someone who drives people to success. Yeah. No matter yeah. how he does it, whether it be him bullying people or him showing people how he's playing or, you know, taking that, t- getting all the points, he's, he's one of them guys that galvanises people, drives people to success. We've moved on to international football and obviously we've talked about the World Cup. Uh, we just got onto it last week, but we run out of time. You're part of the international setup now at New Zealand. Yeah. What's, what's so, your role there? What's it like? What, what kind of players make up that squad? Um, some of them, I think, played with you, didn't they, really, as youngsters in the New Zealand setup? They enjoyed yeah, so, so there's still there's players that I still played in the same teams with. So people like uh, uh, Winston Reid, Chris Woods, they were part of the first you know, World Cups, um, playoffs and stuff like that. Um, probably Woodsy's probably the longest serving. Obviously, there's a couple of lads as well. Uh, Michael McGlinchey, who played in Scotland. He played for, I think he was at Celtic for a bit and then came to Australia. Uh, Tommy Smith is still in the squad. Um, he's still playing in England. So we still got a few lads in there. Um, I was involved as well in the Mexico playoffs and the Peru playoffs. So there's lads in there. So it's pretty much a group that's coming, getting towards peak um, age yeah. as well. Um, so we've got a few good players. We've got another lad called Supreet Singh who's playing in Bayern Munich. Right. Um, okay. So he's 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 a he's a great little player, but obviously he's not broken into the first team, but he's playing in the reserves, and he's you know he's been tipped to be the next to be pushed in. To um, next Rory Fallon. <laughs> he's he's a different player to me. He's he's more technical, uh, like midfielder, little like weaves through people and stuff right, like that okay. yeah different different kettle of fish you know um and then a lad called ryan thomas who plays uh in holland as well um He'll be good. He, he's, he's a very good player he to, for me he's one of our best players he is a very good you can tell uh he's been in in holland the way he's been taught and stuff the technical just the way he turns with the ball it's just they seem to do it right in Holland. I don't know what they do over there. I'd love to go over there and watch training and stuff like that if I had time. But the way they do it over there is just like uh, they just teach them so well, technically my, advanced. My, my dad played one season of professional football, and it was the first season of professional football in Holland. Um, and in fact, he's, are you, he's scored a goal. Are you Dutch, Carl? I never played football. I never played football. I, I played tennis. Uh, I played tennis for quite some time. Then when the Fidgeret started in Holland, uh, sorry, here in, in Barnsley, I took them over to Holland, which is five years ago today that we went. And it was always my dad's biggest ever wish to see me playing football. So we played against his old club. This was the club well, yeah. that he was uh, played with when he was the, the first year of being professional. Um, my dad wasn't well already at that time. And he was sat in his wheelchair at the sideline, cigar. Uh, and my son was playing as well. Now, my son is, uh, so we, my son will have been 20, 21 at the time. And um, half time, we, we were, I think we were 3 1 down or something because we were all over 40s. It was like a mental health scheme. They were proper ex vets. They used to play, they took it very seriously. So um, everybody goes for a half time drink. I thought I'll nip over to my dad, took my lad with me. He says, So, dad, you know, what do you reckon? Uh, and he, he just looked at me and says, 
Now I understood why you play tennis. <laughs> no, um, but he did always say, when he's come over, when Cheers, my son was playing, he was always surprised that here we play matches on the nines, on the tens, on the elevens, because in Holland, it's all about technique and learning at least, at least two positions in the field. And then yeah. from, I think it's on the 14s upwards, then they start playing sort of um, matches. So they have a very different view, I suppose, on, on how to develop sort of for youngsters but yeah it's yeah. Uh, see see i i always believe in having two positions as well i always well for me as a player I, I was always a forward but i feel if i probably worked a little bit on center back as well i think i could have got more years maybe dropping right. back to center back yeah um yeah it was obviously because i was so uh forward orientated that you know i i felt like if i maybe worked on it a bit that someone would you know say look you know, when you get to the later years of your career, you could drop back and have more time and and playing the game. Um, but I always feel I always try and push a couple of positions. Yeah, there's still more my, time to play the game yet, Rory. Um, it was at Reds Report. We always have one charity game per year uh, for Mind Barnsley, Barnsley and Rotherham Mind. Um, so at some point, we will be playing that. There will be a number nine shirt with your name on it, Rory. Uh, <laughs> If you fan, or you can play at centre back with John with Johnny Parkin. It's entirely <laughs> you up to you. Cigar out, just get the cigar around. Well, we'll, we'll, get, we'll get Colin to be manager. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> get That'll Cole be... out there. Get him up front. Get through <laughs> up front. Uh, yeah. <laughs> brilliant, absolutely brilliant, Rory. I think we've covered uh, a lot more ground than what we did last. I mean, last week we were an absolute whirlwind. There's just so much in you. It's unbelievable. We said it um, straight away, didn't we? It, it, it needs to be a two-parter because there was so much of the left unsaid. Yeah. And to hear, so yeah. It's just been a much yeah. more relaxed episode today. We've not yeah, had yeah, yeah. things. It's been much nicer. Please come back on again. Um, obviously, this show happened every week regardless of whether there's football or not. When football comes back, we will be talking about the current games. That'll be good to have you on and talk about Barnsley's results and things like that. So you're more than welcome. Well, back, then, back you know, on. Barnsley today announced, haven't it, the three young, uh, uh, young have signed the first professional contract. And I think it's great yeah. at the time when everything is really dark and ugly and there is no football, that for those three, I mean, what a day that is to sign your first... Life-changing. Life-changing yeah. from Yeah, and I think for the club to commit to that, and we know with the board that they're very much focused on, on younger players. And, and I suppose if you want to survive, I, th I suppose it's much easier to, to plough thousands and thousands in a really good academy than keep going and bringing all the players on with agents, fees and everything else. So that's definitely the way forward. And for those... Well, you know, you've got like, to protect your assets. You've got to protect your youth. You know, if you've got good players, you have to sign them up because there's clubs out there always sniffing and wanting to take youth on especially Premier League clubs, they want to take youth for cheap. Well, look at the last time we brought a player from Plymouth. He was the captain at the time, I believe, wasn't he? And Conor Horan did very good yeah. for Plymouth, very highly regarded. Captain yeah, good player. Of my other favourite in the Barsley shirts. He's gone on to Villa and do, you know, great things. And so, um, yeah, there's a, the link is there, isn't it? Yeah, So we had, you, we had you on last week, Rory. Um, and obviously we talked about Room 102. This week, just going to put you right on the spot here. Get ready for this. I want you to name your top three striking partners throughout your career. So we're not looking at the best players, but the, the three where you think I could, I've linked it well with them. They're good partnerships. Um, I'd say, well, I'd say the two best probably players, I, one of them was probably Jermaine Defoe. Right, yeah. okay. 
but when I was with, when I was playing in England, you know, in the youth groups, he was he was there. And another really good player who I played with was Leon Knight. Right. Okay. He, oh, decent names there, isn't it? <laughs> he's a great. He was a great finisher. He was right, a great okay. finisher. Uh, uh, what about them two. Do you know what? I've played with loads of loads of players. I've also got like the lads I played with in New Zealand as well that were called, you know, Woodsy and uh, Smeltsy and you know Chris Killen. Like just, the amount of players, you know, yeah. I've played with up front. But I would say probably the the biggest one would probably be the the most famous one would probably be Defoe. Yeah, um, is he the one that you want to link up with? I mean, I got a text off uh, Andy uh, Andy who's Barnsley FC stats. And he was telling me the list of players you played with up front with at Barnsley. And it's, it's a ridiculous list. Yeah, there's some quality players there. You know, Bruce Dyer, Mike Sharon, um, Ranks. Uh, oh, man. Isaiah Betsy. Ranks. Yeah, Betsy. Uh, who else? I'm missing out a couple here. Um, Did you say Sharon? He said Sharon. I said Mike Sharon, yeah. Bruce uh, Dyer's what, what, what a ridiculous, you know, good player. unbelievable. Bruce, yeah, oh. I, used, I used to clean his boot. I was his boot man. I was his boot boy. Okay. <laughs> I was Bruce's boot boy. <laughs> really? That's brilliant. What a story. And then did you end up playing up front with him? Uh, what, yeah, what was he like to yeah, play? Because yeah, you two are really physical. Yeah, my breakthrough season, I was playing up front with Brucey. Unbelievable. And he's, yeah. he's, he's, he's become, as yourself, because that's what he's, he's settled in the area. He's doing a lot of faith-related work. But he also went to Grindthorpe and bought the recreation ground and got football yeah. back on that ground. And, you know, he's putting much back. So I think he's very, very highly regarded. I mean, as a player, he was. And then also the personal journey, I suppose, that he made. Yeah. Uh, reminded me a little bit of um, Harry's Heroes. I don't know if you watched it um, this week with... Um, yeah, I saw it. It's good, man. Uh, it was good. Lee Henry with sort of his backstory and everything. Really good. An absolutely fantastic team because we always talk about professional football and they are because they play football for a pleasure. There's people behind there. And if you look at a Paul Merson, uh, people that have had their own struggles, Razor Ruddock, obviously having a pacemaker fitted. And I think Bruce yeah. overcoming, you know, moving away from London because it was a very negative influence on him and coming up north and, and settling and, and still doing a lot for the community. So, yeah, he's, uh, well, um, he's a... He's got to go down as one of the club legends. Surely someone that, you know, scores all them goals with a club. You know, they nearly should have, they really should have got promotion with uh, 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 Bassett. Um, yeah. Because he was in that team, wasn't he? Yeah. Um, unlucky not to go up to the Premier League with that team, but also just like the stuff he does for the Barnsley community is unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. And that yeah. for me is probably means more than anything like, you know, he's still ploughing his heart and soul into that community. Um, whereas I think that means even more sometimes in scoring loads of goals because but, he's trying he's trying to help the future of, you know, of Barnsley kids out there. Yeah. But I suppose yeah. it's very similar for you in Plymouth, isn't it? Working with that younger generation, being that role model, showing that role model behaviour, and obviously for New Zealand as well. And it's really weird because we've had some legends that have gone on to become... Um, Agents, if you look at a Brian Howard, who's obviously he's, he's an agent. I um, play with Brian, I play with Brian, quality yeah. lad. And then you've also Sweet got people like AD Moses, sort of earlier on, that have gone into like financial accounting and all that. So, sort of, yeah. completely moved away with, from football and, and now goes and sits in the stand and enjoys it as a fan and as a dad with his, uh, with his, uh, with his kids. But yeah, yeah. Well, I tried to get away from football, but it just dragged me back in. <laughs> And then we there, are some, play. there are some players that, that when you do play, there are some players that just hate playing football, though. <laughs> like, yeah. you don't realise, like, there are a lot of players that just, 
a mercenary and just do it for a, you know for a job because they're good at it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then you get the ones that absolutely love it and have the passion for it. And for me, like I try to get away. It's just it's really just grabbed me back in. Yeah, the passion oozes oozes through you, right? Which is why I wanted you on for a second yeah. episode. It's, it's very nice here to do so. And hopefully you'll come back on again. Uh, yeah, we'll soon do it. next time we'll come on and get Johnny Big Johnny Parkin on. Yeah, maybe we yeah. could get Bruce on as well. We'll have a strikers yeah, reunion. Yeah. That'd yeah. be nice. Maybe you could play up. Maybe you could play up front with Bruce as well for the charity <laughs> game. That'd be that'd be <laughs> good. He'd still be able to play old Bruce, I reckon. <laughs> Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. Carl, you might have to be assistant to Colin. I know a day's behind you and, you know, Dutch uh, football is not what you used to be. If I walk up with my magic sponge, they'll soon, soon get up and start running again. So there's a role for me <laughs> and more than will be. Carl is going to go into pre-season to get, that, get on that pitch, I hope. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just five minutes. I'll, 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 do, I'll do kick off and that's it. And then I'm going straight to kick off and I've done my bit. Yeah. Brilliant. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah, thank you very much, Rory. Uh, I've been Chris Rajab. He's been Carl Van der Thank you, Rory Fallon. Top. Explore New Jersey in every season. From 130 miles of sunny shorelines to waterfalls, rivers, and majestic mountainsides. Visit the East Coast's most scenic parks, iconic venues, and historic landmarks. Discover artistic places and inspiring spaces, gaming, nightlife, views of center stage, and true New Jersey adventures that go on for days. Plan your itinerary today at visitnj.org. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McDonald's share boxes ready to go. Ian's already got booked for double dipping, and Steve has stolen the last nugget. You're snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? You reds? At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network. The ultimate on-demand destination for the UK's best fan-led football podcasts. Want barnstorming Barnsley insight analysis and opinion? Follow the Reds Report podcast on the TalkSport Fan Network. Unbeatable club-dedicated content created by the fans for the fans. Search TalkSport Fan Network.